Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Welcome back to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your host, Russell Hartman, joined by the other two members of the top line, Mr. Kevin Krupe and Mr. John Luke Shapiro. It's a sleepy Monday night here in New York City, and the Rangers <laughs> do not start their California trip until tomorrow. Well, actually, by the time you listen to this, they will have already started their California trip and hopefully celebrating a win well, against the Los did. Angeles Kings. I mean, they so. started their West Coast trip. It's yes, the Cali sir. trip. It's yes. known as the Cali the trip. The Cali trip. Yeah. yeah no, I like, last I checked, Vegas was part Vegas. of California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, a, it's pretty much there. Good it's geography close. lesson. It's close enough. It's close. So. Yeah. But anyway, how are you guys doing? I'm good, Russell. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Kevin, how are you doing? I'm tired, man. Let's 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 talk some ranges, though. I'm excited. Yes. Rangers, waiting all day. Going here. So... A uh, big topic on Rangers Twitter recently, you know, as rational as all of Rangers Twitter normally is, you know, huh. you guys know how it is. But the biggest, one of the bigger topics in Rangers Twitter the past few days has been the play of Alexander Georgiev and what the Rangers should do about their three-headed monster in goal. So we have Henrik Lundqvist under contract for one more year. You have Georgiev playing lights out with two shutouts in his, in his past four appearances. And you have Shesterkin looking like a man among boys down there in the AHL, consistently just putting up ridiculous stats. So what's the answer? It's not easy. Henrik Lundqvist has said repeatedly he will not waive his no-trade clause. And it doesn't look like, I mean, I don't think the Rangers would buy him out, but Alexander Georgiev is really talented, and it seems the fan base has been split in two. We have the fans that want to keep Georgiev and Shesterkin and wave Hank goodbye and just ride the wave next year with the three-headed goalie. Or you have the fans that say, Trey Georgiev at the deadline, get a haul, and have Hank back up Shesterkin. So we're going to – I'm actually going to hand this over to these two guys. Oh, they thank you. I, I feel really good about this. Yes, and, uh, Kevin I, don't, I don't mean to toot my own horn, Take but – No, toot, Kevin, toot away. Toot. Toot Back away. in the beginning of November, I wrote a piece on why trading Alexander Georgiev is probably the best move for the Rangers going forward because Lundqvist won't leave and because Igor – if he doesn't come up next year, we won't have him anymore. Obviously, he's patient. He says, I'll take my lumps like I'm supposed to. But with a goalie of his caliber, he can only do so much in the AHL when there's just a vacant spot waiting for him. Well, so Alexander they- Georgiev, if he was still under contract next year, this is a completely different story. But he's an RFA going forward. You have to trade him. And, you know, you look at Cam Talbot, you look at Ante Ranta, and they're not the goalies they were when they were in New York with Benoit Allaire. Now, is that going to be the case with Alexander Georgiev? We have no idea. He's still 25. He's hitting his prime. But well, me and JL touched on this yeah. pretty pretty heavily. No, we did. We article. did. We, we wrote a joint article about this, and it surprisingly didn't get that much negative reaction as we originally thought. I <laughs> thought but, people um, were going to be up in arms like, trade yeah. who? Trade. What's this? You want us to acquire assets for good players um what do you mean we're still rebuilding (laughs) um (laughs) no it was it it's it's a very delicate situation because you know georgiev is playing out of his mind lundquist has been you know let's be real he's been subpar although he's been for the most part great in some aspects he's also been subpar in some aspects and then you can't ignore what uh, Shesterkin is doing in, in the AHL. So it's kind of this weird, good quandary that they're in. And ideally, you'd want them to have the three-headed goalie tandem. But I doubt that. It's not feasible. It's like... No, not in today's really, NHL. You could really have no. that, like I said, if you had your give under contract next year. Then it's like kind of like, 
you want Igor up, Lundqvist isn't going to start as much, and so no. then you could split it three ways, and it's just people that are saying, like, Lundqvist, I mean, not Lundqvist, Sajirkin, no, you know what, I'm not even going to say that, because <laughs> apparently JL is Shest- driven crazy. Shesterkin, it's not no, hard, No, Sajirkin, because I'm going to go Shesterkin, Kevin, that's how it's spelled on the back Shest- of his jersey now. Shesterkin, Kevin, you, you went to school, you know how to pronounce English. Igor, Igor, because that's easier to say, um, <laughs> People think that he's gonna start eighty games. Like what? What? what the the Rangers lose Georgiev and Lundqvist after you know this year and next year respectively, no, not. and then they don't have a backup anymore. What? What? No. What, 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 are they, what are they crazy? Their backup, Adam Huska or Tyler Wall? Taylor Wall? Taylor Wall? Tyler? 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 Wall. Tyler? I was right the first time. Tyler. I don't know why I doubt. <laughs> Tyler Wall? Like, are they not gonna back him up? We have Oof Limboom in. The Olaf, SHL. Lindemann. Olaf? Is it really? Olaf. It's too late for me to Olaf like, do any pronunciation of European or, you know, Russian prospects. Steve's not going to like that, Kevin. I don't care what Steve <laughs> likes. He's very picky about it. He, he, he can get mad at me all he wants. I'm sorry. I'm not good with it. But, you know, it, it just comes down to it. Just You're going to have backups. The, the, the Rangers are very good at drafting goalies, as we've seen. Over and over and over again, signing goalies that other people aren't giving the chances on. Georgiev has hit his ceiling for a free agent signing, an undrafted free agent. So trade him while his value is high, because why resign a guy if you just have someone else to take his place? Well, the the kicker in all this is obviously Igor Shesterkin. Um, he <laughs> he, if he wasn't playing as well as he was in Hartford right now then you can make the case of, you know, well, maybe they should just wait until everything pans out with Lundquist and the end of his contract. But I think the Rangers, what they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid what the New Jersey Devils did with Martin Brodeur a couple of seasons ago. They really wanted to get, I think it was, uh, I forget who was the backup at the time. I don't know if it was Kincaid or not. But it was when Corey Schneider was a devil, and they wanted to get him the majority of the playing time. And I think it was Kincaid they wanted to get up because it, he, he was playing well. Uh, if anyone could correct me on that, I would appreciate that if I'm right or wrong. But um, so they sent Berdur to the Blues like it was nothing, you know. Just yeah, let's totally not regard the franchise leader in everything, the NHL leader in everything. literally the best goalie statistically ever. ever. Statistically yeah. Ever. So <laughs> you you just ship him off. I think the Rangers are trying to avoid that. And you know what? Honestly, that's not a bad decision because not only does Henrik Lundqvist want to stay here, the Rangers value him as you know an asset not many not many teams keep their guys on their on their rosters for a very long time especially for their whole careers and, and to Henry's correct pr- you jail yeah brodor was brodor signed a tryout with the blues after the devils chose not to re-sign him okay. uh, so it was during okay. the offseason so thank you for he that. wasn't traded so he it wasn't was just traded. like let's yeah. part our so phase. I get yes. So if I now I remember correctly it was after the season and brodor said I still want to play and the devils were like nope yeah. So he went to St. Louis. I mean, Louis. At that 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 changes the narrative. Then it's just like, why resign an aging goaltender? But even then, that's still your franchise leader. But you know, when you everything. traded for Corey Schneider, he was lights out in Vancouver. Yeah, he was because he was a backup. That's why. Yeah, but you know, everything's relative, I guess. They get you change conferences, you know. But he wasn't awful for them. No. At first, it's just now you have these troubles, and just is that going to happen with the Rangers? We have no idea, but. You need to get Igor Igor some starts. <laughs> I, I go. I just say it, and it's, I gotta stop. It's, it's ridiculous. Chess 
Tear no, Kim. No, stop it. I, you know I don't how to care. say it, Kevin. I'm Come not, on. I know you I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get anybody's pronunciation right ever. So I'm not even going to First try. it's Igor Shesterkin. Now it's Jake Mariznik. Mariznik is fine. I just, I, I'm, <laughs> whoa, I'm whoa. Let's keep it Rangers it. here. Can we not talk about the, uh, the very sad state of the Mets? No. Please. <laughs> you, you, well, you took it there, Russell. But... No, but, but yeah, just, way to go, Russell. But just to, just to add on to that, I think... A lot of people seem to be torn on this whole subject, and rightly so, and people just want to, like, throw Hank off to the wayside. I don't... You know, look, I've seen people on Twitter go, oh, well, he's kind of served his purpose, this and that, and the fourth. Okay, yeah, we get it. The guy's not the same anymore. He's not the same Henrik Lundqvist that he we saw when we were all in high school and even our early years of college. He's not the same guy anymore. But it gets to a point where... At what point do you draw the line of helping the team and being loyal to a guy who's practically built the identity of this franchise for the past 15 years? I mean, if it was anyone else, I would go, okay, you let him have his swan song. Heck, you even trade him. But Henrik Lundqvist means more to this franchise than most people think. And a lot of NHL teams don't seem to value that anymore, and it seems like the Rangers are sticking to that. Now, now you want to take all the emotion out of it, all of the you know, glimmer, glabber, or whatever it's called out of it. Logically speaking, you want to move that $8 million contract or whatever, how much he's making, and have the guys come up, like, you know, have uh, Shesterkin and Georgiev become the one and two. Ideally, that's what I want. Realistically, I think Georgiev should be part of this team for the near future, and I think Shesterkin should be the main guy that replaces Lundqvist and have pretty much a 1-1-8 and sort of goalie tandem. But these guys are supremely talented, better than other 1-A and 1-goalie tandems in the league if they were to you know, come yeah, to fruition. Yeah, but how often does that really happen? How many guys do you really see this 1-A, 1-B style where it's not one of them is an aging goaltender over the age of 35 and the other one is just hitting his prime now? And it's just... It's not realistic. Well, the you, Bruins uh, did the only, it with the Tuka Rangers can and do it. It's just, are you going to extend Georgiev, especially when you have Kevin Shattenkirk's huge cap hit for his buyout next year? Do you're whatever you're losing in free agency this year, you're gaining right back with six million dollars with you know with Shattenkirk's contract, what? and you have all this dead cap you have to deal with. And don't get me wrong, like the cap hit won't be as bad you know, this year as it was last year because the cap's going to go up like it always does and Rangers won't have as nearly as, you know, nearly as much, uh, you know, forwards as they did this past <laughs> year. But, you know, do you re-sign this guy for more than two years? I mean, I, at this point, I think you just kind of... I'm a, I'm on the, I'm on this I mean I wrote the article with you Kevin I'm on the I'm on the group of we trade him because you it's, look at but it's not like we want to trade no, him. no we don't want to trade him it's preference. not like we just want to toss Georgie off to the realistic. side it's just realistic it's just but as a lot of people have alluded to you know you don't get a lot for a goalie so you know do you make the same mistake like you did with Kreider where you don't trade him at his highest value. But the, this is his highest value. But the right thing now. that people tend to forget is that the Rangers are really good at developing goaltenders. You know, yeah, you, so there's no issue with that. Now, what people, We've never what, had a problem with no, we've signed never. goaltenders, we've drafted goaltenders, we traded for goaltenders, and all of them panned out, and then we basically got more bang for our buck afterwards. The one thing that people tend to forget is when the Rangers picked Lindbaum uh, two years ago, Benoit Allaire went straight to the management crew and said, get this guy for me. Now, if Benoit Allaire is going out of his way to say, <laughs> I want that guy, 
then you know you're in good hands and you know that something can come of that. Let's be realistic here. We all love Alexander mm -hmm. Georgiev. We do. Russell does. Kevin does. I do. We all love Georgiev. We do. Russell's giving me the thumbs up because he knows I'm right. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I just wanted to point that out. But the, the problem here is, is that you look at the skill sets of each of the two goaltenders that are currently causing this problem. Georgiev and Shesterkin. Shesterkin has this unreal skill set. Georgiev has developed his skill set because I remember him playing in Hartford early on and even here on the Rangers in preseason and all, and he was a little shaky, but that doesn't take away anything from his skill set whatsoever. But at the end of the day, you look at those two guys, and then you look at who's in the pipeline. Tyler Wall, Adam Huska. Adam Huska is a good goaltender. People, Adam Huska he's a, he's a solid backup. He's been the forgotten one a little bit out of all these goaltending prospects. Because Adam Huska's been having a solid career too, man. Exactly, and he's yeah. basically the other anchor in Hartford. So, if you can find some way to not only alleviate this situation by make, making sure Adam Huska is ready, he's probably going to be ready and plus some by the time Lundqvist's contract runs up, and then basically you have what you have in Hartford right now on the Rangers roster. How can you possibly go wrong with that? You see, the thing that we have to do is, in this case, we have to separate, um, you know, logistically speaking. I know I just said, you know, with the whole Lundquist and emotional thing, but um, in that case, we know that they're not going to get rid of him. So regardless of how we feel emotionally or not, we have to deal with the fact that Lundquist is going to be a Ranger for the rest of his career. That being said, it's just one more year. It's just one more year. Just one more year. Now, you take out the feelings we all have for Georgie. And you move him for a reasonable price. You let him flourish somewhere else. Um, you can um, always package him with somebody else. Yeah, like they like, like the Rangers did with Ranta. And Derek I, I think the the important thing I think with Georgiev is to do the opposite of what happened with Cam Talbot, and that is to strike when you know you're getting an amazing deal, not wait it out and try to be extra greedy like they did with Cam Talbot and lose what was basically confirmed by a lot of reporters as a first-round pick was coming back for Cam Talbot. But the <laughs> Rangers kept getting greedy and wanted more, and the deal was not as good as it could have been. Well, so I agree with a lot of the things you guys are saying. Like, I understand why Georgiev needs to be the one that's traded. As much as I would like if they kind of were able to figure out some way to keep him and Shesterkin as the 1A, 1B for a while. But I get it. And as JL says, you know, you have to take the emotional bit out of it, and it's business. And Kevin, like you're saying, you know, you can't hold on to the guy when you have the dead cap space of Kevin Shattenkirk and when Henrik Lundqvist is not going anywhere. So you both make really good points. You really do. But if they do trade him, which it's looking more and more likely with how well he's playing, and if he continues to play up until the deadline, of course he's going to be traded. You got to strike and you got to get the deal when a good deal shows its face or there's there could be a repeat of the Cam Talbot. Yeah, you got to strike when you're, the iron's hot and it's just, yeah. you know, it was a rumored first-round pick from Edmonton, I believe, and the issue with that year was Edmonton had two first-round picks. They had a late pick in the 20s, and then they had their top pick where, oh God, I don't know if you guys remember that, where we were watching the draft, and the Rangers didn't have a pick in the first round, and, you know, there was a trade with Edmonton. It's like, there has been a trade to announce. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers traded their first-round pick to the New York Islanders, and it just oh, like, broke my heart. That was the pick they got for... Uh... That's the pick they got Barzell with. Yeah, correct. I mean, oh. we could have had Barzell, but oh. that's probably what they were doing. But, you know, you go back and look at it, it's just 
the Rangers organization back then was it was still kind of in that flux of Glenn Slater, Glenn Sather, Jeff Gordon, like kind of let's see how we could do this tandem. And now it's just the Jeff Gordon, John Davidson show, and they're going to make the right decision. What they did last free agents um, during, during the free agency and, you know, what Jeff Gordon did during the deadline last year, you know, he knows what he's doing. So I'm going to trust if he decides to keep him. I mean, I could trust that. I'll 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 take that into account. I'll be I won't be I'll be like okay, what happened? But you know, it's not it's not a terrible idea. It's just that's not what everything's pointing to. That's not what all these rumor, you know, no. twitters and all this other stuff yeah. are saying. It's just the best course of action is to kind of you know just strike while the iron's hot, like Russ was saying. Yeah. And then let's go back and look what Georgiev did for this team. You know, he stood in his head against Vegas yesterday, which was Sunday. And, you know, you go back a week before that on the Monday game I was at, and, you know, the Rangers let up an easy goal, and they kind of don't rally to him. And now Georgiev steps in against Vegas, you know, in Vegas, and the way he played just like, you know, he stood tall. He was lucky enough to make those saves. They were very good saves, but just fortunate didn't go in. And, you know, the Rangers (laughs) rallied behind that. It's just that's what the problem with the Rangers are now shifting focus to the team as a whole. They can't get over bad goals. They can't get over a spotty defense. Yeah. They can't get over all this stuff. So if you're thinking that the Rangers have a playoff chance, they do. But if you think they're getting anywhere past the first round, mm. I'm yeah, sorry. They're not. They're not good enough. They're not disciplined but, enough. But and their again, defense, that's even though. problem for the Rangers. I mean, that's Even just, though that's they have the most goals. Let's bring it back to the defense for a second. The Rangers currently have. As long as nothing too crazy changed tonight. But the Rangers currently do have the highest scoring blue line in the league. And that's crazy to think when you had, at, at one time, you know, you have Libor Hayek, Adam Fox, guys who were basically playing their first full season. Adam Fox is playing his first full season. Libor Hayek's getting his first taste of full season action after his stint last year. Jacob Trouba, who comes in as a new addition to the blue line. This is where Brady Shea not playing well for a lot of the year and finally starting up his game. Tony D'Angelo breaking out on the scene. Total and even Mark Stahl even playing well in his limited role now that he plays in the third pair. So they might be inexperienced. There might be some growing pains, which there obviously have been with this decor. But for all the things that people say about them, and even Brennan Smith, who plays D on the penalty kills and who's been a serviceable guy in the fourth line, you got to take I'd a look at them and say, Brendan yeah. Smith, the compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because when you have a blue line that's putting up points like they are, and you're getting this offense from your back end, think about how it's going to be when they just continually grow and get better and better. And when you add a guy, guys like Keandre Miller and Nils Lundqvist as they start to come, and even guys who you can start to look at, like Hunter Skinner, who's playing amazing for London this year, or guys like Zach Jones, who's got invited to the World Junior. Um, U.S. roster, who, who was a guy last year who wasn't even on everybody's mind and who the Rangers picked from U- the USHL and who, you know, who's, bl- you know, as a freshman, blowing people's minds in the NCAA. Joey Keen, so you're adding all these pieces over the next few years to this already budding decor, you know, and all of these opportunities that this opens up, because not every one of these guys is going to be on the on the decor. A lot of these guys are probably going to be trade ships at some point down the line when they're filling things out to make runs at the Stanley Cup again. Mm-hmm. But the point is, the Rangers are developing a culture where their defense are really getting involved in the play, and it's leading them to some good results from the back end. It's, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, you want them to contribute, which they are, which is great. It's just 
they need to learn when to chip in, when not to chip in. They're letting a lot of coverages go. They're pinching when they're not supposed to be. And they're not getting back. And don't get me wrong, everybody's supposed to be playing a 200-foot game. That's what DQ you know, kind of comes in and says, everybody can play defense. Everybody's getting back. Hustle, hustle, hustle from the start of it. And, you know, you see Artemi Panarin make defensive plays. You see, you know, Cabo Caco get back on the on the back check. And, you know, yeah, it's good to have that defensive mentality in your forwards, but why don't you have the defensive mentality in your defensemen? Well, you and, know what that is, Kevin? That's part of the new mentality that the NHL is transitioning into. It, it seems to me that teams are going away from sticking their teams with just you know, one offensive pair. One no, no, no. But I'm not saying what I'm saying, though. I'm no, not no, saying, know, like, just I... have your defensive defenseman. Yeah. I'm saying, like, if you need to contribute offensively, you still have to be sound defensively. No, of course. Now, a guy like Adam Fox, who's extremely well, extremely well skater, you know, he is a great stick. He's just going to get bigger. He's going to do great in a year. He's going to look great defensively. You know, we see that with Tony D. Tony D was the best defenseman last year. He's still one of the better defensemen mm-hmm. on, the, on the roster. But he still contributes offensively. Well, but the, the you know, guys like Libor Hayek play good defense. That's what that's uh, that's one of the sayings. But, you know, the, you know? The, some guys don't know how to balance the offense and the defense. And you know, you go back to like, is Lindy Ruff the guy to kind of bring them into that threshold? And with the inconsistencies on the penalty kill and the power play and the five on five, it's just like, what's the right combination to have a consistent play? Well, that's what I was going to lead up to. Was that you know. You have these young guys who are being coached, and, and again, it's not a hundred percent on Lindy Ruff. No, he, he no, does he does not. he does take part of the blame because he is the one that's implementing the system, and obviously, it's, some of it falls on Quinn as well. But you also have to factor in that you know they're playing a very dated style of defense mm-hmm. with, with a bunch of young guys who can play to a newer style of defense. So, in a sense, they're probably learning some old school, you know things from Lindy Ruff that could maybe help them out in the future, but it's also damaging to the team at the same time because, like you said, there's a lot of blown coverages. Um, they pinch. Sometimes they'll pinch a little too much. Some guys get caught. You know, I think there was a, one like of the, the goals. The giveaways, too, are just... Yeah. One of the, game, one of the goals against Montreal uh, in the Garden, I think it was the first goal that they scored, was just an absolute nightmare. Like, poor Mark Stahl was just trying to make a play and he got caught up and you know they just kind of moved it around real quick and got him you know they left the you know Georgie out to dry so you know it's it's just one of those things where it's good to see the D- the defense putting up points you know it's good to see Jacob Truba playing very well especially as one of the point men on the power play he's starting to pick it up there a little bit uh Adam Fox of course is just absolutely killing it but another player Ryan Lindgren I mean mm-hmm. he's been phenomenal and again, I got killed on Twitter for making a, a comparison. A to, tiny comparison. A tiny comparison <laughs> to Ryan McDonough. I mean, if you I if you really look at the way he plays, there are similarities. He's yep. not gonna a lot of people forget how raw McDonough was when they first called him up. It's like we have tunnel vision when it comes to the way players look because we're so caught up in the emotion of how they turned out to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when McDonough came up, he was just like that. Wasn't as yeah. fast as Lindgren, wasn't as tough as Lindgren. Not saying that Lindgren was by far the better player, but there's comparisons there. You so, guys still think he, this is still his first year? Yeah, I mean, he it's only played just, a couple of games last season. Like and God, even those for, games, God forbid, like, you know, you let a kid not develop. It's the same thing. If you go back to Kako, it's just, yeah, he's having trouble scoring, but he's also 
not fluent in the language that everybody speaks. He has no teammates to connect to, you know, on his level, mm-hmm. you know, when he speaks Finnish. And it's just, you know, you just watch him in any of the most recent games. He's trying to be the setup guy. It's just, no, it's just, just shoot. And I think he's nervous. And I think that comes with any young guy. It's just, oh, no, absolutely. they don't, they're, they're afraid that they're either A, going to take the spotlight or B, it's like, oh, I shouldn't shoot. I'm being too selfish. I have to be more of a team player. Yeah. And Kako isn't. Like, as much as it's a team player, he really is. It's just, you have to be selfish. With your kind of talent, just shoot the puck and make plays. And, you know, this is where the inconsistencies come. The Rangers, I think, are fifth in shooting percentage for goals, you know, you know, converting on their shots, but 28th in shots attempted. Because they don't shoot the puck. Because they don't shoot exactly. the puck. So, shoot the puck you know, it's the, it's the Ryan Strom conundrum. It's just like, yeah, he has a lot of goals, but his shooting percentage is through the roof. So is that him picking and choosing, or is that him just being lucky? And I think it's more luck for the Rangers. I think they're getting lucky with some blown coverages on the opposite side, and it's just it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable I would, in the light. I, I would agree with you there because a lot of the time, like the big debate on Rangers Twitter today was the analytics versus the eye test, and the big debate between a lot of people was they beat the Golden Knights five nothing, but you need to look at how they beat the Golden Knights Mm 5-0. And when you break down that game, they didn't play well. The first period was atrocious. Yeah, they did not play a good game. Yeah, it's great that they won. It's great that they got a 5-0 win. That's all good. But what you really need to look at, you need to combine the eye test, you combine that with the analytics, and you take a look at the underlying numbers and the underlying stats that the Rangers Mm -hmm. had. And they're not good. And the Rangers have consistently been... In the bottom half of these charts and in the bottom half of these underlying numbers this year, because as a whole, they're very inexperienced. As a whole, they're making those mistakes. They're making these brutal decisions on ice that are leading to high-quality chances against. But at the same time, like Kevin said before, it is a double-edged sword. You're seeing the offense that this team can produce when they're all firing on all cylinders. You're seeing what this blue line can do when they when they all have this offensive mindset about them. And by the way, Jacob Truba has looked fantastic over the past week, a lot better than he's been. He's finally setting into his role as the team's number one D-man for the foreseeable future. So thank you for Jacob. Thanks to Jacob Truba for like kind of you know he's finally stepping up to that role. But point being, if you have a defenseman or your defense core that's putting up points like this, the talent is there. It's well, just a matter they're of part, they're finding part the of the play. defensively. Well, that goes they're, into my point about what I was saying about the new NHL is that the new NHL I mean, it's not a it's not a ancient theory to have your defense play with your offense, but you know, you're starting to see more teams get players that can come up with the rush. If you look at a couple of years ago, how many teams really had, you know, offensive defenseman that can skate the puck up just like think about it for a second let's think ottawa back to, like, with eric carlson two, yeah like 2010 2011 think about it like at eric carlson you had um you had brent burns uh who else uh help me out here uh i'm trying i'm, I'm trying to think it, because like <laughs> it's it no but like there, it's not a lot That's anton stroman to a certain extent to, to a degree to, to a, a degree, degree. Uh, but you didn't really have that many, and we're probably missing a ton, and, and we're gonna get chided for it. Keith Yandel. 
Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel's another one. Yes, that that's my boy. Um, that's your boy. That's <laughs> uh, my boy. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know you don't. You're starting to see teams adopt more offensive defensemen on all lines. It's like what I was saying before. Is that teams used to have. Uh, just one offensive pair or maybe one offensive defenseman, one defensive defenseman, and just kind of a smattering of like two-way defensemen on the rest of the team. Like if you look mm-hmm. at some of the older Rangers rosters, uh, like you just look at the Rangers in 94 had two. That's why they won the cup. Basically had two offensive defensemen. You had Zubov and Leach, and then they supplemented them with like Jay Wells and Jeff Bukaboom. It, honestly, it's kind of how the St. Louis Blues are built right now with Petrangelo. Petrangelo is another one. Petrangelo and Pareko are the kind of the Justin big duo there. Falk of yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, you, know, you got an offensive guy on each D pair. You you look at the Hurricanes from last season. You had Justin Falk and Dougie Hamilton, two typical offensive defensemen that were on different lines. You know, and then they have like other guys. You know, like Brett Pesci. You know, uh, I, I yes, I got it right. I was about to say Joe. Sam made the same mistake during one of the games. <laughs> I almost said Joe. I actually almost corrected myself and said Joe, but it was Brett. Um, and I'm you even you. look at the Sharks now with, you know, they'd somehow managed to get Carlson and they have Brent Burns and Mark Edward Velasic. That's another one. Yeah, it's, you know? it's great. It's so, just unfortunately they choke on the playoffs yeah, all of the course. time and I hate them. Yeah, well, but, says the guy with a, Jeff, a Joe Thornton jersey, but go on. Well, I mean, that's a great <laughs> black eyes Joe Thornton jersey when he was still the captain, sir. Yeah. I think you can appreciate that. I, I can. But I know. No, but it's Unlike just, some it, people here, I only have one second favorite team. Russell with his seventh favorite team. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, the Dallas oh, Stars. The Toronto the Maple Toronto Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs. Yo, don't even joke, man. They got some Now nice the jerseys, Colorado Avalanche. Oh, not the Avs. Well, the Avs are pretty cool. I'd say the Avs are like my distant fourth. By the way, They're by the way, let me let me just let, let's just all appreciate something that's happened here. It's a very momentous occasion. Oh god. Russell what? has admitted that Brennan Smith. Has oh, that's what well. I wanted to say. And, and, wait, wait, and, wait, 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 no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Russell, I need you to tell me that goal he scored the other night. It was a nice goal. Yes, it was. Gotta, was it? On. It was all right. No, 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 all over the NHL right now. It's like, look what him and his brother did. No, no, no. It was pretty good. I didn't know he had it. was like Tanner. It was like when Tanner Glass backhand roofed it on Carey Price in the playoffs. It doesn't make any sense. The first goal of the playoffs. Let me let me jump in with this really quick. Go on. Now we're talking about offensive defensemen. A little weird, and I'm not saying Brendan Smith is doing this great. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for him to stay. I'm just saying seeing how well it's kind of been implemented with the defenseman on the fourth line. Having a defensive offensiveman where, you know, they can have the good back check. They could, you know, produce offensively, but they don't need to. Your fourth line is strictly for defense, shutting down defensive zones, and, you know, the occasional goal here and there. But is it good that Brennan Smith is playing on the forward line, probably being more defensively yes. sound, he's the most. He's probably the best defensive forward on that line at all given times. Yes, just sure because, is. because he yeah. he's the worst defenseman on the team. The best, <laughs> the best no, no, defenseman it, it, on, the, on the it's forward. It's one of the reasons why a lot of uh, a lot of defensemen come forward because even mm-hmm. though. Um, even though you're on the same ice, there's a di- it's different positioning, different responsibility. You know, mm. some player some players may not have the offensive tools, but they're good, solid two way uh, players, so they'll just stick to 
strictly defense. Brendan Smith was a forward at one point in his you know, career before uh, he made it to the pros, so that's why yeah. it wasn't so hard for him to transition. But it's, it's not terrible. You don't going back to my boy with Brent Burns. shifting to forward reminds me of Matt Gilroy. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Tortorella <laughs> used him as a forward a couple times. Matt Gilroy played forward for a while. I think so Tortorella... did Steve Eminger too at one point. Yeah, Steve, Steve Eminger yeah. too. Yeah. You remember that big line brawl between the the Rangers and the Devils one game? Stu Bickle, Stu Bickle took yeah. the draw and won it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just made me think of that for some reason. She's like, Bickle. "What the hell? What a guy!" But no, but 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 that that's what um you know that that's what the dealio is. You know, it's just that. <laughs> yes, I said dealio, Kevin. Deal with it. We, we um, have a four million dollar fourth liner. But you know what and... though, it's working out. Like it's it really is working not as out. Bad. He's. He's picking up the slack where, you know, his more fellow goons are, you know, kind of lacking. And mm-hmm. I'm not calling Brett Howden a goon. No, but, <laughs> but you that, know, that's where Brett Howden should be. Michael Haley. Like, they actually look pretty good together. Howden, no, I mean, Smith, and McKegg. Like, give, give credit where credit is due. Greg McKegg's a pretty damn good hockey player for his He's role. a good, I, he's a I like Greg. He's a good, like he's... Greg. He's, when we saw him in that preseason game, we were going, Greg McKegg crazy. <laughs> yes, I love sir. me some Greg McKegg. I'm I glad think, he's think, uh, healthy. What was it? We were, I think it was, because it was me, it was us three, and then uh, your friend Armand. We were just kind of like, uh yeah, he, that's like a that's like a hockey guy through and through. That's <laughs> Greg McKegg. <laughs> Every and, time he touched the puck. And, yeah! and Danny O'Regan. Hockey guys. Oh, poor Danny O'Regan. Hey, he's doing well in Hartford, so. No, oh, poor Danny O'Regan. I, it'd be cool <laughs> to see him up here, but anyway. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, get me I'm, the next to come up to Leah Sanderson, but, but I digress. Oh, don't. We're not getting that. We're not going there right now. They got to mention, you got to mention Brent Smith and Leah Sanderson and Lindy Ruff at least once per month. Yeah, at least once, right? Well, I think we've sufficiently gotten we've we've hit almost all our quotas in that in that uh, in that sense but uh moving on here to our third topic um the rangers went two and two this past week uh with a 4-1 loss to the knights a 3-2 win against the blue jackets a 2-1 loss to the montreal canadians and a 5-0 win against the golden knights they kick off their california road trip against the kings uh the san jose sharks follow up and then the anaheim ducks are last on saturday this is going to be a very interesting stretch for this team uh, because the Kings kind of stink, so kinda. I'm not really too concerned about them. Kinda. Don't worry, the we'll lose 6-5 <laughs> to five somehow. The <laughs> Sharks have been, you know, up and down. The Ducks have actually been a lot better than people thought. And, you know, leading up to the Christmas break for the NHL, um, the Rangers have a bit of a – they have a bit of a tough stretch here because after they go to Anaheim, they're going to have the Predators – the Maple Leafs, the Ducks again, and the Flyers on the 23rd before Christmas. So it doesn't get any easier for this team, especially with, you know, the inconsistencies that they've been playing and kind of playing with fire and having these weird, you know, you know, just underlying numbers not going well. Do you guys foresee them, you know, having some momentum going to the Christmas break? Or do you think that this team might crash a little bit going into the break? They're going to crash. And I'm only saying that just because they've been so inconsistent. Um, they're going to f- play some tough opponents, you know, physical, physically tough opponents before that. And, you know, they did steal that win against Nashville when they were in Nashville. But it's just the way they've been playing recently, you could just attest to the last four games. It's two and two. You know, you kind of get blown out. You 
flat on your feet, then you win a game, then you lose a heartbreaking game, then you destroy the Knights. And that game wasn't even that good. It's just, if you just look at it, if you just give, I, and I know the eye test versus the analytics, you just look at the way they're playing. They're out of position consistently, and, you know, the goalies have to make these an amazing saves to stay in it. You can't rely on the goalies. This is why the Rangers never really won a Stanley Cup, because they relied too heavily on Henrik Lundqvist, and it burned them because it's just like the one time he doesn't make a save in triple OT, it's like you had three extra periods to score, and you didn't. Hmm. So whose fault is that? And it's not Henrik Lundqvist's fault. I, and it's not Georgiev's fault when he gives up two goals and you lose two to one. I, I have to disagree with you. Um, that, that's I, okay. I, You're allowed. <laughs> well, you sound I, so like, like it's like, I'm so sorry. Well, well gosh, Kevin, it's 11.02 p.m. at night. You expect me to be nice and loud? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, whose fault is that? Jail. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no, I, I disagree with you, Kevin, and I'll tell you why I disagree with you. I think it's going to be sta- I think it's going to be status quo. I think it's just going to be back and forth. I don't think they crash and burn. I think they'll they'll find a way to uh, you know, you know, burn through another win or two possibly. They'll probably maybe have a good game against the Kings, maybe San Jose. They might even surprise us and actually somehow find a way to get through to Anaheim. And then when they go back home, they always see it's like it's Jekyll and Hyde sometimes. They'll go home even after like a long road trip and they'll play very well or they'll just be absolute poop. You know, um, I I think it, they might lose to Toronto because that's just that seems to be the status quo nowadays. Um, Anaheim at home probably, but I I think they'll find a way to beat Nashville and the other teams, and including Los Angeles and San Jose. I don't know. I just I think it'll be the status quo again. I think they'll they'll have a couple I, of games where they're bad. It could go either way. But... It's just if they start trending in the direction of just you know. The way they played in Vegas, where if you want to be honest, they did really steal a win. Absolutely, it, they like did. They, they but, got those two quick goals, and the rest of that period, they were just on their heels. They, and Georgiev stood on his head, they, and they then that's where they got the momentum. Back, though, like it, the people, people are really like it wasn't their best effort. But no, no, no. It wasn't but they won. I mean, it's, if it was one nothing, then I can understand the way they're talking. It's just. If you just look at that first period by itself, and if it went any differently, if they got only one goal, or if you know, you know, Georgiev let up a goal or two, that game's completely different. They could, you could see a three-two no, loss, you could see a four-three win. It's just, it's just, they, it wasn't the night's night. <laughs> no, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it all depends on. It also all depends on. Um, the goalies, and I'm not talking about the goalies for the Rangers. That, no, no, I'm talking about the goalies for the other team. But Be- that's what it shouldn't. It shouldn't come down to that. If you have a good system in place, you could really beat any goaltender. Well, this is the this it's, is what we get it, with it's the not. It's team, not even though. about being the goaltender. It's about being the defense in front of him. Because you see these goals that you know Lundqvist is set up. It's like there's three guys in front of him. Like what is he supposed to do? Just constantly dive over back and forth desperation saves? It's not feasible. No, it's not. But I, I just I think with the way the Rangers have been generating offense outside of that one game against Montreal, I think that they could, that this offense could go toe to toe with some of the best. It just all depends on how the goaltenders they play against play. You know, I think, what was it? 
Corpusalo. Was it Corpusalo or yeah, G- Columbus in Columbus? Because yeah. I sometimes they'll start good Goodslevskis or however the heck you say his name. And um, Merzliskins. Merzliskins. I can't be right. Yeah, but no, it just all depends on how the other goaltender plays. You know, Carey Price played phenomenal. Uh, the other night at Madison Square Garden, there's no denying that we can we we jump on him all the time. But you know there is still a glimmer of just talent in that guy. He's not worth the money he's making, but yeah, he's, Canadians better hope because they have him under contract for like eight more years. Yeah, so. they got to protect that boy. But no, it, yeah. it all depends on how the other uh, the other team's goaltender plays, and I think uh, depending if Jonathan Quick or or. Um, Oh my gosh, Martin Jones play for San Jose and you know Los Angeles. Yeah, they can they can steal games. They're good enough goaltenders where they could do that. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. But I have to disagree with you, Kevin. We well, no, to, we it, have to disagree. Sometime. I guess I guess let me kind of reiterate. I only see them crashing and burning is if you know they let up soft goals here and there. Yeah, yeah. Because for some reason they let up a soft goal. They could let up like a breakaway goal and they're fine. They let up these chippy, you know, gritty goals, and for some reason they fall apart. It's like, oh, Based this should have been a penalty. This and that Vegas instead of just, the other night. Yeah, it's just leave it behind them. That, that, that's the issue. They have no, you know, they can't just let everything else go. The period mm-hmm. can end because it's still hung up on the first five minutes where, you know, oh, I tripped that guy. And now well, I'm. Well, once again, that comes minutes. with maturity. That comes with it maturity. It does. And I'm not no, and, that comes with, and that comes with the team, you know, working through these growing pains together as they will be doing. And next week, uh, we're not we're going to talk about this next week as a guy who seemingly really needs to get out of his head is Vitaly Kravtsov. And he's going to be a big topic of conversation next week on the show uh, due to a lot of things that seemingly are going on with him over in Russia. But, you know, the Rangers as a whole, um, you know, there's no there's no this is what they need to do to fix it. There's no one answer here. There's a lot of things that the Rangers need to do that, you know to fix it and to get better results going forward. And, you know, it starts it starts from the defense out. Get your assignments. Get the forwards back to where they need to go. Don't take any unnecessary chances. Jump in when you can jump in. Don't just jump in to jump into a play. I get guys want their points. Guys want to make the moves that they want to make. But you got to make sure that your defensive assignments are set because, remember, goals are mistakes. You want the, You want the other team to make the more mistakes. And the more you hold on to the puck, the better it is. So I feel like for the Rangers, better possession and just staying with their assignments going forward. But we'll see if they can really keep to that. And it's a tough stretch. It's time. That's what it is. It's not not about any one thing. Like you said, it's just time of, you know, getting just the necessary experience that they need. That's basically it. That's it. And that's that's what's going to And Remember, we are rebuilding as much as people don't like to say we are and that it's a build. But we're still rebuilding. And it's going to take a while. And, you know, good rebuilds usually take somewhere around three to five years to really come to fruition. So we're in year, what? Two. Two and a half. Eh, Two. Yeah. Three, two and a half. I mean, like, if you do the letter, you kind of can't credit the rest of that. There's like a month left after that. Exactly. It's about two seasons. Two seasons. So basically, patience. They'll get there. They're showing no, signs no, that they're God, going God to be forbid good. anybody doesn't play to the best of their ability, <laughs> to their prime, automatically and always, forever. Get there. How dare you preach patience to a New York market? How, how dare I? <laughs> Logic? Never heard of it. <laughs> well, on Reason? that note, <laughs> thank you for joining us this week. 
Uh, the Rangers have a pretty packed schedule up until Christmas. It's going to be a wild ride until the Christmas break. Thank you to these two fine folks for joining me, as they always do. And I'm going to give the last word to JL this week. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's not like I wasn't here. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, I just wanted to say we really appreciate those who take the time out and listen to the podcast. Uh, Got to give thanks to Ant, of course. Obviously, give thanks to my boys here, Russell and Kevin. Uh, maybe, not, maybe not Kevin so much. Russell more I'm, than anything. Jeez, thanks, you're, man. You're, you're it's not like Kevin. <laughs> no, I but, feel like but, I'm an integral, you know, you know, whatever. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but no, thanks to the four B guys and and girl because we do have a female writer. Uh, One and 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 just just keep <laughs> checking us out. We really appreciate it. So with that being said, I guess I'll say it to end the uh, podcast. Everybody have a wonderful evening. Enjoy the good hockey and. Let's go Rangers! with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.